0: This is the Work Minus Podcast, where we talk about what we need to drop from how we work today and transformative ideas to help you build a better workplace. To hear all of our episodes and read articles about how you can improve your workplace, go to workminus.com. Well, welcome back to Work Minus. Today our guest is Lee Kravitz. He's the author of Strange Contagion, and this episode is Work Minus Burnouts. Hi Lee, how are you today? Doing great. Excellent. Excited to talk with you. You have written a very interesting book, which I want to get into. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got started with your research?
1: Yeah. um, Well, let's see. I am, uh, along with being a writer, I'm also um, a a therapist, a psychotherapist out here in San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, long story short, I was living in Palo Alto, um, kind of the, uh, the epicenter of Silicon Valley. And uh, I lived there. Got there around 2010, and right around that time, we were about to have our first child. And at the same time, there was a string of uh, what would turn out to be uh, a string of, uh, of suicides uh, from a local high school, which really sort of crippled the city. I mean, Palo Alto is really known as as this very kind of high functioning, uh, well to do community. And from its top high school, you have 10 students who get up out of class um, over time and walk in front of the train uh, and die. And it was a, a very shocking moment. And being a, you know, a researcher and a therapist, I, um, I really wanted to look into what had caused this. But also, I really wanted to see how the community around this event kind of tried to stop some of uh, these these things from happening. And the, the common denominator, it turned out, was something called a social contagion. And that's the idea that thoughts, behaviors, and uh, feelings are actually things that are highly contagious. And from there, that idea kind of spread as, as these social contagions spread too, to um, uh, sort of like this this uh, breadth of research that took me around the the, the world uh, to learn how social contagions don't just affect us in, in education settings, but affect us in, in healthcare care settings, in business settings, in community settings um, uh, around the globe. And so that's pretty much what I, I uh, wrote the book about, the idea that social contagions really influence things that we have no idea that they're influencing, whether they're the way that we think or the way that we behave or the way that we feel.
0: So you, you use the example in the book, mostly of these suicides that happen. What's another example you can give of a thought behavior that is extremely contagious?
1: Sure. Well, pretty much what you really find out when you dig into the research is that every thought and every feeling and every behavior is something that we can mirror from other people without us even realizing it. So, um, for instance, there, is, uh, there was a researcher out of Um, uh, uh, Wharton School of Business, who was studying hospitals. And this was absolutely fascinating. Um, She was uh, studying uh, hospitals and hospital cultures, and she studied about seven of them over a period of uh, eight or 10 years. And what she found was that there was one hospital in particular where um, the, the staff was really, really happy that productivity levels were way up high as well. And she wanted to see if there was a correlation. And it turned out that, yeah, that if you really looked at this one particular hospital, the nurses, the triage staff, the doctors, uh, the support staff, they were all very, very highly attuned to each other's emotions. And they were kind to each other. So when someone was having a bad day, Uh, somebody who noticed this would say, hey, you look like you're having a bad day. Let's talk about it. Or if somebody was having a great day, they would say, hey, it looks like you're having a great day. Let's celebrate. Let's talk about it. There was a a sense of emotional attunement that was really off the charts. Um, And they came to call this companionate love. Um, It's not like romantic love. It's companionate love, love for each other. And it sounds sort of frou-frou but when you look at it and what what that accomplished, it's it's remarkable. And not only was the hospital more productive and the staff happier, but the level of happiness actually trickled down a second level to the patients. And patients who never even saw this interaction take place between the staff sort of uh, caught the happiness that sort of uh, transpired between them. And what that translated to was that the patients, got out of the hospital quicker and there were fewer emergency room transfers in this hospital than patients in other hospitals. And what they found even more remarkable was that that level of happiness trickled down to a third level to people who visited the people in the hospital and who left the hospital feeling, having caught this sense of companion and love um, and carried it around, almost like pollinating the world around them. And, uh, it was it was remarkable. So the idea there that we can use and translate in 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 business, um, you know, as well as education and healthcare is that being kind to one another is actually advantageous. It not only makes us more productive, but it actually makes us healthier people as well.
0: All right. So we have a lot of directions we can go with this conversation. We want to take it into the workplace, obviously, and figure out how. The idea of social contagion can impact offices, which you can see some parallels, obviously, of what you talked about with with hospitals. But what research have you done into the business world?
1: Well, uh, there's there's a lot to be said about the business world. We have um, everything from you know uh, burnout, which is uh, turns out to be one of the most highly contagious social contagions on the planet, um, down to to happiness levels, down to depression and anxiety um, that. Uh, leadership really matters when it comes to how we um, catch and how we spread social contagions and how to stop them. So we can, you know, obviously talk about uh, any of these things like, um, you know, for instance, uh, I mean, burnout was one that you and I had spoken about offline. The idea that, you know, one person who is experiencing burnout can infect an entire team within days. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the, um, uh, the, the results of, 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 burnout. I mean, it can lead down to obviously lower productivity, but also emotional, uh, crippling, uh, financial crippling. Um, and, uh, even just the, 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 general attitude of, of a team can be influenced singularly by one person.
0: Hmm. So go ahead and just define what you mean by burnout. I think we all have an idea in our heads, but how would you define it?
1: So burnout is basically the idea that you are just tired of what you do. You're, you're cynical about the, you know, it could show up as cynicism um, toward uh, what your team is doing or even the mission of the company. Um, you not only don't care anymore, you just you physically and emotionally can't do your job. And you see this in, in teachers, for instance. Um, you know, a lot of the studies were done uh, about uh, teachers in schools and how quickly burnout will spread across a team or an entire, uh, school. Um, and, you know, we, we see that in people with low energy, um, who, you know, show up with, uh, kind of a flat affect, um, who don't, you know, give it a hundred percent or even 50% anymore. And they just seem to be barely holding on.
0: So then how, exactly does that spread in a contagion-like thing? Because you know, okay, one person is busy, you notice them, you say, yeah, yeah, and maybe, am I busy too? Like, is that the way it, it happens?
1: So the way that social contagions spread, and this is across the board, is that there are things called, well, we have mirroring neurons. So in our brains, there are literally neurons in our brains that emulate the behavior of other people around us. So if somebody around us, you know, yawns, for instance, our mirroring neurons fire and it makes us want to yawn also. If I were to smile um, in a room, our mirroring neurons would cue other people to smile also and to feel happiness. So that's really on a basic level how that works. But there's also things called cues, like C-U-E-S, cues, um, that, um, or, or primes, if you will, that will sort of even if we don't see somebody frowning or smiling or yawning, there are things in our environment around us that can trigger our mirroring neurons as well. Um, things like colors of a room or temperature or, um, you know, even the volume of somebody's voice can cause us, our mirroring neurons, to fire and to emulate even something that they're just barely intoning, Um And that is a remarkable find. Um, There have been studies out of Yale, out of Harvard, um, out of Stanford University that go back decades that show us how these primes or cues actually affect the way that we behave. Um, There was a study out of uh, Stanford back in the um, the 60s that showed that little kids who saw adults uh, playing with toys in a more kind of aggressive way. Would emulate aggression not only in the in the in that room but outside of that room, um, or studies out of New York that showed that uh, if uh, you paint the uh, the color of the walls gray in an academic setting, it it cues or primes people to think more analytically, um, or if you put the uh, the color uh, yellow or red on the wall accuse people to act more aggressively.
0: Imagine you were going back and there was a string of burnouts in an office. Like, How would you expect that to spread from one person to another?
1: Sure, well, it's easier. What winds up happening is you know, we, we tend to think, well, if there's a team of people and one person in that team is feeling depressed or is sort of a naysayer, it's sort of human nature and it's just sort of easier for us, rather than all, uh, for the whole team to try to build this one person back up, it's easier, um, almost like gravity for the whole team just to go down to that other person's level of output and demeanor. And so that socially and emotionally, that's exactly what winds up happening. So rather than uh, the whole team trying to lift somebody up, the rest of the team comes down to that one person's level. Um, and you know, this isn't to say that people who who experience burnout or come into a, you know, a situation, you know, kind of a, with a caustic attitude um, are bad people. There's probably very good reason for why they feel burnout. But one of the things we need to do very quickly is to assess where the burnout, the source of the burnout is, and then remove that source, kind of relocate that person to another team, Uh, really spend some time with that person to understand what is going on with them and see how we can address it. Not only is it imperative for that one person, but it also is imperative for the rest of the team.
0: So you said that it's easier for the whole group to kind of come down than it is for everyone to bring that one person up. Are negative emotions more viral than positive ones?
1: It's a great question. And, you know, there's different uh, studies that say different things. But from what I can tell, um, I think they're pretty equal. Um, the thing is that sometimes, like I said, it's, it's almost human nature and it's easier to sort of emulate, um, the heavier emotions, which are sort of like the depressed, you know, depression, anxiety, and things like that. than it is to, to emulate the happy ones because happy ones, you have to do a little bit of work sometimes to change your mind or your thinking. Um, but you know, for instance, let's talk about, let's go back to Palo Alto, the idea that 10 students from this one school died by suicide. And so we start to think, well, maybe depression or anxiety um, is more powerful than anything else because it spreads so quickly. Well, what, re- what that really shows is that in order for the town and for the school itself to sort of maintain the sense of, of hope, They had to make some real changes to sort of push uh, the happiness and the hope. So what they did was, I mean, this is going to sound small, but the school itself um, uh, put a bunch of money into redecorating the school. They added a bunch of paint colors. Before, it was sort of this taupey brown and gray color that sort of fit in with the landscape around the school, which is like hills and fields and, you know, very kind of northern California um, in, 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 you know, in color scheme. But instead what they did was they added yellows and reds and blues and splashes of, of light. And they added, um, uh, physical lights to the, um, and windows and, um, tried to change the atmosphere, um, uh, of the, Of the school. And what that did was it invited a sense of hope and happiness to spread just as easily as the depression and the anxiety. They also made concerted efforts to um, uh, change, like, for instance, every year they would do a a Shakespeare play, the drama department. But this year they decided that they were going to do something more light and fun in a musical. And the idea was just to really infuse the community with a sense of lightness. Um, and that spread just as, as, as fast and as well as, as depression and anxiety. But you have to really make a real effort sometimes, especially in light of something really scary to, to, to turn things around.
0: So if I'm talking to my team, a lot of times we say that you know if you're actually sick, even if you're just a little bit sick, if you might have a virus, better is to stay home because you don't want to infect the rest of the team that's there. Mm-hmm. Would you even go to the extent of saying, look, if you're having one of those down days and you're just feeling miserable about everything, just stay home, go take a walk, go take a hike somewhere. Don't come to the office because you might end up infecting the rest of the team. Is that legitimate?
1: It is. It's very legitimate. And one of the things that, I mean, you don't want to you know, ouster people, but I'll tell you, mental health days are, are vital are absolutely vital and what we find is in certain environments business environments work environments it's a culture of working as hard as you can to the point that you almost forget or just neglect to take care of yourself and it makes sense we have so much on our plate and we you know we uh, increasingly our culture is one in which you know we have to continue to innovate and and prove ourselves over and over again and we we work really hard it's a culture of you know work equals success um in in all matters of life but you know our our emotional health is is just as vital and we show time and time again now that if our emotional health isn't taken care of it affects our work life as well and so yeah absolutely if there's somebody who just seems like they're just having a hard time, that they're just feeling low, if they're feeling anxious or, or you know, there are signs and symptoms of burnout or depression or, or things that are just sort of not healthy, and really, as managers, encourage our team to take mental health days, to, to sleep in one day, to, to do things that make them feel good, because bringing that in, you know, bringing that goodness back into the team is only going to spread just as quickly as, you know, burnout.
0: Yeah. And then that leads to the other side of it. How should you best encourage those people that are naturally spreading happiness or naturally spreading good thoughts and, and actions and behaviors around the office? Well, what's a way that you can even encourage that more? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's funny. You know, we always talk about wanting to spread the love. But in this case, what we really need to do is I, I really encourage everyone I work with to focus on themselves. I know this sounds a little bit sort of self-serving, but seriously, focusing on yourself is super important because we can't really uh, make somebody who's having a bad bad day get better, right? It's not like we can say, be happy. But you can really focus on yourself. If you are aware that you are feeling low or feeling burnt out and you need uh, to feel better about yourself, take care of yourself. So you are only in charge of bringing your own happiness into into a team, and once you do that, ideally just being in the room will infect other people and that's sort of a natural process of mere neurons firing and and you know emulating other people. It always starts with yourself though so start with yourself bring your best be your best, show up to the room, smile um, you know do your best work and other people will will and you know just naturally uh connect that with that and spread it
0: yeah as you're talking i'm thinking about even from a performance review standpoint you know you're evaluating how someone performs how they work on a team but also you could have a metric for i don't know if you can quantify it so much but just to say how are you usually bringing in good spirits good vibes that are there and actually have that be that's a way they're contributing to the team and 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 helping everyone else out right
1: believe it or not, I think it's one of the most important ways that people contribute to teams. Um, you can go online right now and, uh, and pull up a study, just Google, um, you know, happiness index or happiness, um, uh, survey. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like a 30, um, you know, like 30 questions that, uh, that we as, as psychologists use in our studies all the time to get a kind of a baseline measure of, of people's happiness. And, um, uh, you can use it as a baseline for for uh, during reviews. So, like during this six month review, you know you do a baseline happiness survey, and then you do a follow up at the next one and see how they measure up. And if they're the same, then you're, they're doing great. And if they're uh, you know have higher scores, that's that's terrific because it means that they're spreading that you know within their team. Um, and if it's lower, then that kind of keys us into the idea that maybe something is going on what can we do to kind of help boost that for you um as an employee and if you look at teams and look at the happiness index or that happiness survey and if you start to see that number go down across the team it means that there is um a burnout contagion within the group or there's a you know there's something going on and a lot of times that points to management um And so what we can do is sort of like, you know, highlight to management, like, look, something's going on. Team members aren't happy. Um, Let's figure out what we can do to make this turn around, because it's not just a matter of, hey, we want to make our team members feel good because we're good people. But it also, it it boils down to bottom line. When you have teams that are that are cynical, that are angry, that are upset, that feel that they're not, you know, they're just not happy that that. Absolutely has a direct correlation with output, which also reflects on the company, which also re- and which ultimately you know, reflects on the bottom line all
0: right, so last question is if you're in an office environment that just seems really toxic, it's just i mean it's on that borderline you know the an outbreaks going to happen very soon. Is there anything you can do to kind of provide some uh, emergency triage in that situation?
1: It's a tough one if you have if you have uh, you know if it's company wide just a toxic work environment it's almost like you've got a clean house. It's, it's, um, you know, think of it like you're exterminating, uh, you know, uh, bugs behind the walls. You, you almost have to like drop a bomb in there to, to, to clean out, um, you know, uh, some of the toxic, um, you know, the toxicness and the toxins. Um, but if you're gonna start someplace without you know, literally, you know, unilaterally you know, wiping out everybody and starting over, Bringing in counselors and coaches, specifically to talk about ways to build unity, to show um, to show that each member of the team matters. Um, you know, there's um, bringing counselors just to have one on ones with with folks. Um, offering up, um, you know, more things that, that create an, uh, uh, an environment of, of, of happiness and, and good well-being. Um, and I'll be honest with you, that usually starts at the top. Um, you know, when you have managers or, or team leads that, you know, are, are naturally charismatic or naturally have the power to wield these sorts of uh, these changes, you know, getting um, you know, getting a fixer in there and working with that person to to help make a team just feel better always always helps. Um, I, I do counseling and coaching for for executives, and time and again, what winds up happening is you have a an executive or a CEO who comes in to work with me, um, and they really just have no real awareness of of the. A toxicity around them. Or if they do, they just don't really know what to do to fix it. And truly what, what does start to make it better is starting to work on themselves um, to look at how they manage anxiety, look at how they manage listening or conflict or depression or workflow and with a couple of quick fixes, you know, which take me you know, a couple of sessions, um, it's almost like going to a chiropractor. You realign everything and it does trickle down, at, uh, sometimes by three or four degrees.
0: Well, Lee, it's been great to chat with you. Where can people go to stay in touch with you and see your latest stuff? Yeah, you can check
1: me out. Uh, my website is www.leedanielkravitz.com. And um, you can always find me on Facebook at facebook backslash lee daniel kravitz and um yeah that's that's usually the place to find me
0: well great i've learned a lot out of this session i'm i'm inspired and buy into what you're saying so that's great thanks a lot for being on the show and sharing your insights with us it's been
1: my pleasure thanks for having me on
0: this has been the work minus podcast if you like what we're doing Go to workminus.com where you can see the show notes and a full transcript for every episode. You can also sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest progressive ideas about how you can build a better workplace.